Hello and welcome to Series 6 of the Bible and Me podcast by Preset Ministries. We hope this podcast can bless you in your day-to-day life as you listen to a range of testimonies about God's faithfulness within the lives of so many. The views expressed in this podcast don't necessarily reflect that of Preset Ministries UK. But without further ado, here's the podcast. Today, Dave grew up in Durham, which is in County Durham, I understand, uh, and joined the army as a royal military policeman, would you believe, age 15 and a half, uh, where he spent the next 23 and a half, nearly 24 years of his life. After leaving the army, he was gainfully employed in a variety of different jobs. Uh, Dave is an expert in medieval history and can often be seen dressed up in various medieval, as, as various medieval dignitaries uh, in and around Salisbury Cathedral and other places, on battlefields around Salisbury, um, and he's also a visitor's chaplain for Salisbury Cathedral. He's been through a very painful marriage breakup uh, some years ago, which he cites as one of the most difficult times of his life. He loves walking, he loves sport, he's a Billy Wright fan. Now, some of you may not have heard of Billy Wright, I certainly hadn't, I had to look him up, uh, but Billy Wright, Captain England, uh, football that is 90 times incredible and he uh, played for Wolves um, Dave does not like gardening so much nor DIY a man after my own heart <laughs> in that regard uh, he loves the Lord he has a wonderful sense of humour and I'm just thrilled to be talking to you Dave welcome to the <laughs> thank you very much indeed and thank you for that introduction Nigel <laughs> <laughs> now Dave um how did you come to faith in the Lord, and why are you a follower of Jesus? I came to the faith in the Lord in Berlin when I was in the army. I was a staff sergeant in the Royal Military Police. Previously, as a boy, I'd been to church. I'd been a member of the church choir. I'd been uh, confirmed, because that's what you did those days, uh, it didn't mean much to me, to be honest with you. Uh, and during all that time, including Sunday schools, I knew all about Jesus, but I didn't know him personally. I wasn't aware that, uh, you know, the best way to follow Christ is to have him as your leader and know him on a personal basis. Um, and I came to faith in Berlin. And I came to faith uh, because of the witness of others. Uh, my wife at the time, Cathy, in Northern Ireland, where things were very, very stressful, we lived in a, a severe state, um, came to the Lord and I noticed the change in her life, in her way. And I met other people and it was noticeable. There was a little X factor that they had that most of the other folks that I knew didn't have. And um, nobody tried to overtly convict me. Uh, I just looked at how people's lives were and uh, one day the Holy Spirit must have prompted me because it was as if he was saying, you've seen it, David, you need to make a decision. And I probably uh, said the most jumbled prayer in Christendom <laughs> and, and, and that hasn't changed much. And about a fortnight later, uh, we're at the, having a family meal, 
And normally, if the children wanted to go to the loo, they had to go before the meals. And if they wanted during the meals, and I kicked off big time. And the youngest uh, son, Michael, saying, they want to go to Charlie Dan. Uh, yeah, come on then, son. And when I came back, Cathy was looking at me with surprise. She says, that's not you. Have you become a Christian? I said, yeah, I think I have. <laughs> and I realised that my character had been changed somewhat and I had nothing to do with it. But once it, the, 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 the penny dropped, I realised that I'd lost the instant bad temper that I often displayed. Uh, my language was more in line with the Oxford Dictionary than the, the uh, uh, army version of it. <laughs> And uh, I didn't have the desire to go out to a mess do and uh, gauge its success by the fact that I couldn't remember what happened. So my, my life began to change, and I had very little to do with it initially, and then when I started going to Bible studies and house groups, and I realised it required work on my part. But God had been gracious initially. But it was through how other people's lives were and not necessarily what they said. I mean, that is very challenging. I have to say what you just said there. I mean, interesting. I want to pick up a couple of things. So you you, you had an understanding about God. I mean, you went to church. You said you were confirmed as, a, as a, probably a teenager or something. So, so there's knowledge about God, but you didn't know him yourself. Uh, but then it was through watching others. And you call it the X Factor. Like, yeah. Uh, um, also, uh, you mentioned Billy Wright. Uh, I don't know how Billy Wright came to be my favourite football idol, but he did. And I could, I read almost everything I could about him, and I knew all about Billy Wright. One day, when I was part of a professional footballer's coaching scheme, these are professional footballers who wanted to go into coaching, and I was uh, busy doing my stuff, I was a goalkeeper, uh, I'd, were, you, were you a professional goalkeeper at one point? Uh, well, I'm going to come to this one, <laughs> that's your fact. Um, I had been goalkeeper for the school, but my family circumstances had changed somewhat, and I'd lost my health and fitness. And the chap who took over from me went straight into the England schoolboy team. <laughs> but that's not, the, that's not the, the main point. The main point is, I was, it was during a break... And at the corner of my eye, I saw two uh, gentlemen coming towards me. And I had a double take. One was Billy Wright. I never even knew his And the other one was a chap called Harold Shepherdson, who was the England players' coach at the time. They had a different setup in names to what they have now. And they came over, and Billy Wright started talking to me. He said that he'd, he'd seen me and asked about my footballing career and, and you know ambitions. And I found out that all the things that people said about this chap and I'd read about him was true. But you don't know that until you actually meet him. And I was invited to go to Middlesbrough for a professional, as a professional apprentice. Uh, but because of home circumstances, joined the army instead. But I, I relate to knowing all about Jesus and knowing him. To, to Billy Wright, I knew all about him, but I'd met him and realised he was the character I'd read about. And I could say, I know him because I've met him. And I know Jesus because I've met him. So why do you follow 
Jesus? I follow Jesus because I believe what the Bible says. I believe that he, he was the Word made flesh, that he was God here in human form. I believe that he was crucified, he rose the dead, and that his Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, is there for those who seek him and, and, and guide for life. And in my mind, you can't have a better life than if it's been... Um, guided by all that is good and that is God God is good yeah. fantastic so um, and you've obviously you've been a Christian for a long time now and, and we'll talk about that as we carry on mm. with the, <clears throat> now you joined the army um, you weren't even 16 years old when you joined the army I, I mean I, I, that I, is incredible I joined, did, you, yeah, did I, you have to sort of um, bribe them to join before you were 16 no it was a junior service and I joined because we were homeless family were homeless my brother was living with my auntie and my mother and I were I think it's called sofa surfing in the odd transport hostel and uh, a, a friend of my father's when he was alive father was had died then uh, told me the army life was good he'd been in himself and well it just seemed to be the thing to do to get out of the <laughs> horrible situation that life was posing at home, or lack of home, as the case may be. So I joined as a junior soldier, um, and then at 17, I was uh, badged to the military police, which I'd wanted to be in. Now, why the military police? My dad was a policeman. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, um, and uh, his brother, my uncle, was a policeman. So I thought that, you know, please, please, please. Really? Yeah, yeah. And so you joined the Royal Military Police, and, and so red caps, red berries, all that stuff. Yes, beloved by all. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> oh, now, um, you served in the military for nearly 24 years. That's a long time. It is, yeah. Sentence almost. <laughs> um, what are some of the highs and lows of your, you know, looking back over your military career, would you say? I mean, where did you go? What did you involved with? Um, lows, I think, were when I was in junior service and you knew when you went on leave you hadn't a home to go to. You had nowhere to go and uh, you were put up in, in, in a hostel. And not having a home... Um, why, can you expand is, a little bit about why, why didn't you have a home? Um, because I believe that uh, we'd been evicted from our council home. Father being a policeman, yeah. moved, uh, had to move from the police house to a council house. Right. Uh, mother got into financial difficulties because there was no, there's not the support that people have these days yeah. and just kept falling behind with the rent. Yeah. And at the end, of, uh, we um, uh, we were we're evicted. So my, my brother went to to live with um, my auntie, and my mother and I um, stopped. Yeah, gosh. So th so you, so fellow friends of yours in the army going away on holiday, going on leave, whatever, they could go back to their families and, and yeah. their homes. But you didn't have anywhere to go. No, and my mother was working. Uh, yeah. She actually got a job um i say got a job she started uh, at late uh, in in nursing mm. and was a, a, a mature mature student yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, I didn't even see her for, for most of the time I was on leave. Yeah. And um, going back to your sort of experience of the army, um, where were some of the places? Did you go to any exotic places in your service? Yeah, Catrick, Bulford. Uh, no, I was very, very uh, blessed. Um, I came to Faith in Berlin, yeah. so BAOR. Uh, yeah, that's British Army, the Rhine. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. And uh, Cyprus, the Kaliwaz Detachment Commander. Okay. I think that was probably the pinnacle. And uh, um, I think I began to, to grow up and mature as a Christian there. Um, uh, an island. Uh, and um, did emergency tour in South Arabia. It's when we were, uh, Aden was a protectorate. So the last six months there, which was uh, a, a bit on the hairy side. Now, I have to say, Royal Military Policemen are probably not the most popular people, are they, Dave? <laughs> no. Would you say that? Uh, but I, I would say that's probably true, yes. We are. Have you got any stories about people haranguing you or... Uh, or um, what? you nicking people and people, you know... Well, uh, 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 everybody that gets arrested on a night out is being arrested because it's somebody else's fault. And then when you see them in the street, they normally apologise afterwards when they're sober. <laughs> Sorry for messing you guys about. Yeah. Uh, and most soldiers, if they kick up and get their colours felt, they take it the right way. Yeah. They yeah. take it the right way. Yeah. Uh, there's the odd one who f who would feel they've been unjustly treated and therefore have a hang-up against authority. But that's the same in Sydney Street. Yeah, yeah. But we were always told to treat people as you would like to be uh, treated if the shoe was on the other foot. Yeah. And if you do that way and try and uh, uh, treat people with respect and dignity whilst arresting them, whilst they're struggling, <laughs> you're all right. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, I mean, I, I didn't have any real brushes up with a... Uh, with, uh, the RMPs when I was in the force, apart from one circumstance, my mother was dying in Salisbury Hospital. We lived in Yorkshire, and we sort of got the SOS from my dad uh, to come down. And uh, so Molly, my wife, and three boys, they were quite young at the time, we piled them in the back of the car, drove all the way from Yorkshire down to Salisbury, and we were stopping with my brother that night in Tidworth. And <coughs> I, I have to confess, um, it's a public confession, I was speeding all the way down from Yorkshire. Uh, to get there in time, and they got to Tidworth, and I was pulled over by this Royal Military Policeman, and he, uh, it was quite late, it was 11, 12 o'clock at night, and um, he said, oh, you know, what are you up to, and you're speeding through this place, and I said, to be honest, officer, I've been speeding all the way from Yorkshire, <laughs> he said, why, why, and I said, well, my mother's dying, and I need to get to hospital, and he was very gracious, I have to say, Dave, and he let me off, he said, well, you know, next time, um, Watch it. Obviously, so, you're not aware of the 11th commandment. Thou should not be found out. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, on leaving the army, you did a variety of different jobs. Yeah. Um, uh, but in 1993, you've mentioned your, your wife, Catherine. Mm -hmm. And you were married to 20, for 25 years to her. Yeah. No, uh, but in yeah. 1993, this marriage came to an end. Um, where, where was... God in all of this? Well, the, the marriage came to an end because Catherine um, had, um, the family had a, a, a medical history which affected their well-being. Right. 
and um, it really ended up with her having this electric shock treatment to her brain which seemed to confuse it and the consultant said when the brain wakes up it looks for something somebody to blame for the situation and the nearest and dearest always are there and that's what happened Um, obviously it was difficult for me because you know it was Catherine's uh, witness which which helped bring me to the Lord so you see why is this happening and I said to the consultant you know if I try and fight for my marriage what would it would it could it adversely affect um, uh, Catherine's well-being he said yeah because it could drive her back into depression again so I had to, I had to, you know, t- to let 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 go, and Catherine had gone away from the Lord. Her mind had turned against the Lord and everything. And this may seem very, very Christian and holy, but I don't mean it to to uh, to to, uh, to be as it comes out. But when I analysed it all, my first thought was her faith which she'd graced for so many years was the most important thing. Marriage was second because we're all God's family and, you know, we are strangers on earth. This is not our uh, our, our final home. Yeah. And things happen. So, you know, and, but it was hard because my younger son took it badly and he was, he, he was living with me. So uh, that, that was very, very difficult. Um... And I was told that during the grieving process, you know, yeah, part of it you've got to blame. It, it's got to, it's got to come out. And I said, "Well, no, it isn't. I'm a Christian. I, I want to rely on God to help me through, as opposed to get angry. Because unless God gives me righteous anger, it's wrong anger, and wrong anger is no good." In what way did God? Help you through that process. Well, I look at at Job. You know where people said, you know, blame God and this that and the other, and he refused to do it. And you have to dig your heels in and say, no, no. God has a reason for every for, for our lives, and sometimes things happen which you would rather didn't, as in a marriage breakup. So I had to try and keep focused on God. So it pulled me through the hard times where there were tears, where there was anguish, where there was what's if, because I had to remortgage the home um, in order for Cathy to have her share, which put it added financial burden. And I had a son who was, uh, you know, in, in, in not too good a state. Um, so it was hard, but I now I know, and I I knew then that God was alongside me, and this is why it's important to know His word, because He says, "I will never leave you or forsake you," and somewhere in the Old Testament it says, a, "A broken rod I will not I, I will not discard." Well, I was fairly broken. I wasn't discarded. He never left me. And he resurrected my life. I'm now married to another wonderful Christian lady. None of my wives deserved me. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, yeah, and it, uh, 
God has a had, has purposes which I think certainly non Christians and possibly a number of Christians might might mightn't acknowledge, but he asks you sometimes to step into a hard place. But he says, I'm with you. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will be there. He has a rod and staff which comforts us. And it was it was hard. It was ever so hard. But I knew that alongside me was God. If I didn't have God, I probably would have gone back into the pub and got blitzed every night and started blaming everybody else for my misfortunes. Now, I mean, two years later, you went on a Christian counselling course. Mm -hmm. Was that to become a counsellor yourself or, or to help you through the process? Well, I, I'd been on a secular a counselling course uh, with the police. I was working for Woodshire Police, and they had a, 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 a peer support group, and I'd been selected to be one of those uh, support. So I thought, well, I'd like to do the Christian version of it. So I went uh, to the, uh, to, I think it was Barnabas, and did their course. And basically, it's much the same thing except you pray and you look for God's guidance and his wisdom as opposed to just relying on, on the wisdom that uh, you know you can conjure up yourself without God and was it helpful? Um, it was helpful because I became a member of the Christian counselling organisation when you have guidelines and, and, and you, you, you have responsibilities uh, so that helped because it, it put a bit more structure to it and even when I was talking to people who weren't Christians, then beforehand it was prayer. During it, it was prayer, and afterwards it was prayer, and 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 prayer and looking to God for your wisdom. I think was the most important thing I learned. Yeah, wonderful. Now, in 1999, a couple of two, two, three, four years later, you married Mary, um, your your lovely wife. Um, looking back over your first marriage and now obviously you're with Mary what what have you learned about God from the whole process I know you sort of hinted at that I've learned that one God has a purpose and he says my ways aren't your ways my thoughts are not your thoughts mm. and sometimes as I've mentioned he takes you on a path you'd rather not have chosen yourself but when you look back you see there is a purpose behind it all and I've learned to try and rely and trust on God and not look to human logic to figure everything out. And that sometimes takes a fair bit of doing it. It ain't easy. And you trip up over the odd, uh, odd hurdle. But it's a learning curve and God is gracious. Now, you mentioned Berlin before. Uh, mm -hmm. You were in Berlin. Now, I understand that uh, out of the blue, some years after you had been in Berlin, you had a call from a former army colleague. Um, what happened? I had a call out of the blue, and this was a colleague. It was a lady. It was a young lady who was part of the platoon I was commanded in Berlin. I'd come to the Lord, and I was trying my best to act like a Christian. <laughs> uh, at the time, I knew little about the Bible. I was learning about it all, and all I was doing as, as I'd mentioned before, the Holy Spirit had changed aspects of my life, and I was trying to, to run with it, to be as I thought I should be. Yeah. 
and this person obviously had recognized it because 40 years later with her life in a mess and it is it has been a mess uh, personal details aren't relevant but she looked on one of the motor police websites and saw my name and got in touch she said you were a man of God and you were so kind and understanding that I feel that I've got to ask you for help where can I get help from so there was a, a, a brief conversation over the phone about where you could get help from and a, a little bit of a story how I'd find that how I'd find God and I said however you know the decision has got to be yours you've got to you've got to f figure it out and come to your own conclusions I then got a call to say that the person had made a decision as we would call it and hadn't felt uh, is, 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 is good inside for many a year so I went and got two books from Precept sent them over and I know for a fact that she's done both studies and she's doing uh, she's done them both twice and she's found herself at church and I've sent, a, I've sent another book over that's how to know Christ personally for yourself and she said she's reading that and basically can't get enough of it. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, and, wow. and 40 years later. Yeah, and all because I was trying to be as a Christian should be. I wasn't trying to evangelize anybody, I was just being. And it reminds me of when we were in Cyprus and the ladies in the Christian fellowship always used to have a, a little chat over a cup of coffee outside. And the lady who had been in the choir came and said, Excuse me, sister. I I watch you, and listen to you, every Sunday. You seem to have something that I haven't. What is it? And it was uh, it was uh, Catherine, and the lady who goes to our church, Sonia Sandy. Yeah. Uh, and I think Sonia invited uh, this this lady to her home, told her what it was. This lady came to the Lord. The husband, who was an avowed atheist, also sometimes later came to the Lord and actually went into ministry. And all because people were acting as Christians ought to act in, the, in their daily lives. Seeking to follow Jesus and do what Jesus would. Exactly. Display the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to come back to the Bible in a minute, talk a little, a little bit about that. But in 2016, you did a certificate in medieval studies in yeah. the 15th century mm -hmm. in Leicester. Why did you do that? And, and tell us a little bit about your involvement with this. Well, I belong to the Richard III Society. <laughs> <laughs> you know, was, was he the guy that was found buried under a car park in... In, uh, in Leicester, yeah. Leicester. Yeah, uh -huh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, okay, so you didn't yeah. discover that, did you? No, no, I did, but a friend of mine did. <laughs> and what happened was, and Lester offered a course in medieval studies, based a lot around around Richard, but also medieval life, and uh, they offered it free. Yeah. 
So being a northerner with deep pockets, I took that, <laughs> that offer up. It was, you know, it was like correspondence. You had your, you had your tutor in Leicester and you did the, whatever they asked and sent it and they told you, you know, it was good, bad or indifferent. Uh, so you, you could go mastermind and answer questions about Richard III, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether I get them all right, I don't know. But you see, even then, even when I uh, was uh, doing medieval displays and people were handling swords, and they said, look at the sword, what does that say? It says it's a cross. Mm. And then they used to go through, tell them about how people became a knight mm. and the vows that they had to take and how serious they were. And these were Christian vows oh, wow. and Christian values they were supposed to uphold. And holding the sword up, you saw the sign of the cross. Oh, wow. Never thought of that before. Mm. So that was a way of introducing God into the in, in, into the equation. And as you said, people said, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And then the holding sword, oh, yeah, I see, I, I see that, I see that. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes, and not so much now. Now I'm normally bad King John, uh, scared school children, and uh, I've been Henry VIII uh, without all the padding I hasten to add, yeah. and I've been William the Conqueror, and really? the uh, the school children and and, and others, and uh, tell the story about that he, he was the first corruptist in Britain, William the Corn Curer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that, no, that's fantastic. You've got that interest in medieval history. Uh, important time, I guess, in, in our history of the nation. Um, you know. it, 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 it was, but it was also a, a bit sad because the church had so much political power and it wasn't always used to the right thing. I mean, the Crusades were a stain on Christianity. I mean, you know, authorizing the slaughter of others because they thought different to you is is is, is not right, yeah, yeah. and we're still living with the ramifications of some of that now. Interesting, interesting. Now, I know that you're a man of the book, and uh, you've been involved in in Bible studies and you know all sorts over the years. So, why why is the Bible important to you? Because through it, God rece- uh, reveals Himself. I think it's 2 Timothy 3.16 all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for a number of things for instruction for encouragement, for exhortation uh, and for correction and the way to to lead a life and when things go hard then what's written in in scripture is the thing which can keep you on track and I've been married to married for a number of years, but it hasn't always been easy, as you well know. And recently, uh, my younger son tried to take his life, and that is hard. But when you look at Scripture, it it helps you. It helps you. It helps you through. It also gives you a type of wisdom when you're talking to people, which you wouldn't get otherwise. And uh, it's a, and um, yeah, it it gives yeah, yeah. It's it, it does what it says on the tin, as they say. But you've got to know it. 
to be able to draw on it and believe it and it, it does help I mean, how, when, how do you cope with a son that's going through that trauma? Well, first of all, I didn't fear because I saw God in that. What happened is, was that he was uh, going to hang himself and he'd ordered the right equipment to do it. It had been delivered to the wrong address and he got home late, couldn't get it and he tried to take his own life but the equipment he used wasn't the right stuff and it didn't work, so he gave up. It was a bad job. Now, I saw the Lord in that. People may think, how did you? But the Lord, you know, almost said to me audibly, that didn't go to the address that it went to by accident. Interesting. Because there's no logic yeah. as to why it was delivered there. Yeah. There was no logic why... Uh, why my son didn't pick it up because he could yeah. Yeah, yeah. and has that led to conversations with your son since well Mike used to be a choir boy at St Martin's uh, so he knew my father-in-law and possibly even met my future wife while I was married to the uh, to Catherine I, I don't know um but when uh, Naomi, the daughter, and you know Naomi's situation over the years, Mike is, is all said, I'll, I'll pray for her. And I think he has a belief, but it's not a practicing belief. Because he'll, you know, he will say, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pray. And I think he's, I mean, thankfully, Catherine came to the Lord. She's really good for the Lord. She lives only a few miles from where Mike lives. He lives in Cricklade. She lives in Sirencester. And um, he has been to church with her, but not on a regular basis. But God has his, has his hand on him. And I've, I firmly believe, because I couldn't go into all the circumstances I've just said, uh, that if you, if you look at the paper trail, God's hand uh, um, stopped the, what was the intended. Now you, you, um, you know, we've been involved with you uh, over a number of years, and uh, you know something about inductive Bible study, don't you? Yes. What's your sort of take on that? Um, and don't just because I'm here, you know, it can be, it's it's a, it's a system of study which I approve of. It's like it, in a way, it's like the old army used to have the uh, what they call programmed learning thing, yeah. uh, and disappeared. But what it does, what I like about it, it, it draws you directly to the to the word yourself, and you go as deep as you wish, deep as you can. You can revisit it and go deeper. But it is you and the word, and God speaks to us all through through His word. Um, it's good having books, other people's books, which uh, uh, use as study books. But in my view, they should be supplementary to you reading yourself. They should be, uh, you know, a, a supplement and something in addition. But I do believe that the the precept uh, method 
is right because it, it is you and the word and you're taught how to look at the word how to view it how to analyze it and the the, the times i've used it and i don't always use it purposefully but sometimes when i'm doing a house group i find myself reading through scripture and you're automatically applying the principles yeah, 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 yeah. and that is most most helpful most helpful and I'd recommend it to anybody I think especially somebody who's come from either what you might call a religious or even non-faith uh, background because I think some of those basic books helping you to get understanding are invaluable because you're rooting yourself in the word and you're rooting yourself because you're planting your roots you're, the Holy Spirit's nourishing them you're not relying on anybody else and that's what helped me in the early days because our Bible studies were all based on the word and we all had to look at it for, our, for ourselves and no, that's, that's, that's lovely to hear because so, there's nothing like doing it yourself to learn it yourself you know, we, we, can, we can hear other people talking and mm-hmm. preaching and whatever mm-hmm. can't we but actually when we have to sit down ourselves it's like you were talking about building a relationship you know with, uh, you talked about Billy Wright, didn't you? You yeah. heard about him, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until you met him that you said, oh gosh, this is a reality uh, yeah. Billy Wright, this is, I now see the reality of what I've heard about and it's similar, isn't it? It is, except that your knowledge of God goes deeper and deeper and deeper and you learn his ways and you learn to trust him when things seem totally illogical and then later on you find they were perfectly logical but his logic is different from ours. Logic, yeah. yeah. yeah that's and if you're listening and you relate to, to what Dave is saying here uh, and you want to uh, grow in your faith and go deeper in your understanding of the Word of God yourself rather than necessarily taking it from everybody else, then I really would encourage you to get in touch with us um, at precept.org.uk. Uh, we've got a variety of studies for all ages, uh, all stages of faith people coming to faith um, and we've got online studies as well um, that we do and so please get in touch with us and we would be absolutely thrilled to uh, help you, uh, the studies are translated into many different languages so if English is not your first language that, that's not a problem uh, we will be absolutely thrilled to, to support you and help you with that and we also run a Bible school uh, which we run in London, in Salisbury and in Glasgow in Scotland and uh, you'd be very welcome to join us at that and where we will teach you um, the skills and the principles that Dave has been talking about. Now, Dave, do you have a favourite book in the Bible or favourite character? Because some of these medieval characters aren't in the Bible, are they? No, they're not. No, uh, <laughs> I can't find King John in the Bible. Well, there is a John. There is a John, yeah. Um, uh, but he didn't sign a, a document called Magna Carta. Uh <laughs> I have various characters come to mind at various times, but one is Job, because when I read about Job, before I had the experiences, what I'd read helped me. Um, Another is Abraham, because he was told to sacrifice his son. And that seemed totally illogical, given that there was supposed to be a descendancy. Yes. So you know, the, you could you couldn't have 
blamed Abraham for saying, well, hang on, you said this, that, and the other. Where's the logic in this? Surely you've made a mistake, God. But the answer is to trust God and he'll work it out. Try not to figure it out yourself. Following faith, and it isn't always easy, but when you do, you find it happens. That is very profound, David. That is very, very profound, I think, and very, yeah. So don't try and work it all out yourself. Trust God. Yeah. Yeah, was a trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. It sounds easy. It isn't easy. But it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So you've mentioned uh, Abraham there. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and I suppose also, in a way... Paul, as in Saul before Paul, when you look at he was somebody whose head was in the right place but uh, hadn't got it figured out. And what he went through and how he praised God in all his sufferings, he'd been through this, 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 and he still had that element of praise. And I believe, I used to um, listen to tips by a chap called Derek Prince. And he was at a meeting with a friend and he, his friend was going in a bad place spiritually. He said, we're praising here, Derek. He said, I, I, I'm fine, this hard to handle. I think I might have to leave. And Derek said, well, if you leave, the devil will leave with you. If you don't leave, he'll leave without you because he can't stand God being praised. It rubs him up the wrong way. And and so in in the dark moments uh, after my marriage broke up, I used to lie on the settee. Probably had a cry re, 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 with a photo of our you know our married day. Uh, but I still managed to say, God, you are, and uh, you know, I thank you. Please bring Kathy back to the Lord and help me but it and if you praise him in circumstances where logically you shouldn't I think that comes to him is something very special because it's easy to praise when everything's going right but not so easy when the wheel's falling off or seems to be falling off and that's lessons that I've learned and I'll probably still learn them because a majority we it takes a lot to get through our craniums <laughs> Well, Dave, it's been a real um, delight to talk to you. Um, it's been an honour to be asked. So thank you. No, I think, um, you know, Molly and I, we, we, we love you guys, you and Mary, and you, you are um, a real, you are a real example, a shining example, actually, of someone that's seeking to walk by faith and live by faith. And, and uh, I know you bless many people and you bless us. Uh, but, you know, life hasn't been easy for you, as you have explained, but you're a man of faith and a man who has trusted the Lord, and uh, through that, uh, there's a foundation and there's a, um, there's a, uh, what am I trying to say, there's a solidarity um, about you because of that, and I think that's a great witness to others, actually, mm -hmm. it's a great witness to others. And, uh, you know, we're, we're personally very thankful to you for um, 
for your friendship and um, you know your witness. So thank you so much for being on the Bible Me podcast today. I really appreciate it. Um, well, it's been my my privilege and my honour. Thank you, Nigel. You've been listening to Series Six of the Bible Me podcast by Preset Ministries. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love it if you could leave a rating or review. For more information on the inductive study method or any of our online resources or downloads, please visit www.precept.org.uk. But until next time, thank you for listening.